It's the Big Soccer Preview Show. Hello, everybody. I am Adam. Jordan alongside me once again. It's been a while. Jordan, we had a few disruptions that... Uh, it's, it's, it's just been a crazy winter. Uh, but uh, we're back this week. we got some great football coming up for you. Um, coming off the back of a... Just a, a, a hell of a hell of a Super Bowl last weekend, Jordan. I don't know if it, how, how much you caught it. Go Chiefs! Well done. Um, and and uh, the world is right. The the Taylor Swift Nation is not going to burn down the NFL. So all is well. Um, no, uh, uh, totally agree with you, Adam. Honestly, this is one of the saddest moments I experienced in, during the sports season. Um, <laughs> Just oh, because just football's over. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because the the great thing about the fur the 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 second week, the second half of August and September, then October, then November, December, Jan- the full month of January, is that there is literally football and football on all day. I know. So I I could get up Saturday morning at six thirty. And if I wanted to stay up till 11, you know, 1130, 12 o'clock at night watching football. And it's that 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 is my favorite time of the year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I like I, it. I, I like it. It does start getting annoying when we get toward the back end of the college season, just because there are so many bowl games. It's like, oh, my God, can we please just stop? But, yeah, no, it's I do start to get sad when when this starts to go away, because Yes, we have the football that we're about to talk about, but then what? What do we got? We got nothing. Nothing else like, is going on. Are you MLS to soon? Are, I guess. Are you supposed to spend the spend the rest of your weekend with your wife and daughter? Like, am I supposed <laughs> to spend, spend the rest of my weekend with wife with my wife? Where's the football, Adam? That is my question. I know. Now um, suddenly it's like, oh yeah, we got commitments over here that we have to pay attention now, to. Now. Thank God, uh, my Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons. Well, hell, honestly, the back half, the back half, half of the week now is filled up with uh, various European competitions again. Yes. Um, Champions League returned this week. That was very nice. It was very good. Europa League and Europa Conference League today, and uh, West Ham thankfully finished top of their group, so we don't have to deal with some extra matches, um, and we don't have to to face uh, Champions League rejects. So that's good. So we're into the we're into the next round automatically, which is which is nice. But yes, that's that's great to have back. Uh, Premier League is back in full swing after a kind of a weird January with all these winter breaks and FA Cup stuff and all this sort of thing. Although I do have one complaint, real quick. The next round of the FA Cup, the fifth round, they're they're making a midweek games. Come on, guys, just put it on the Aww, weekend. Just just man. yeah, don't 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 force it in there like it's some kind of cup competition this is the fa cup okay this isn't the league cup this is the fa cup give it its own weekend once we get to the quarterfinals then we can start to kind of move some stuff around but until then let's give the fa cup its space and now we have to i think it's this time next week uh we'll be having some fa cup games during the middle of the week i just think that's um, that's that's ridiculous give the fa cup its own weekend at least until the quarterfinal round, then you can start to play. Then you can start to play with it. I mean, honestly, just for injury sake alone, for Newcastle, uh, yeah, just have it on the weekend. That way, we didn't have to focus on uh, a match. Uh, you know, have a have a match on one weekend, then three days later play another. Yeah, uh, and then play another another one three days after that. Yeah, 
um, going into the next weekend. Uh, the only thing I could say about the FA Cup is I am just I, <laughs> there was Liverpool away, and like I swear to God, coming off the Carabao Cup and having like Manchester City, then Chelsea. Oh, Man United or uh, Manchester City, Man United, then Chelsea. I'm like, okay, we're getting Liverpool. Oh, to be blessed with Blackburn Rovers. Like, I know it's going to be a tough match because it's the FA Cup. It's a one-off. Yeah, it's, uh, Blackburn Rovers have nothing else to fight for. They're really they're sinking it up in the championship. So, but I mean, just to be just to be blessed with, I mean, a team that is supposed to be of lesser strength than we are. It's just it's refreshing. Yeah, it's it's refreshing for some, not for West Ham. Uh, so, uh, speaking of, let's talk about the good old hammers in our top four as we lead off the show with the four Premier League games that you can't miss this weekend. Uh, our first one comes on Saturday. Uh, this one, I, I've highlighted this for a specific reason. Give me give me a moment. I'll get into it. Uh, Nottingham Forest, who sit in 16th place, welcome West Ham United to the city ground West Ham in eighth place. Now this is at 10 a.m. Eastern time on Peacock. And I honestly think Jordan that after that shellacking against Arsenal at the weekend, having gone winless for 2024 so far and having slipped down the table from a respectable sixth, knocking on the door of fifth to now eighth with no, no limits on how far the basement is for this team, the way that they're playing right now. If they don't get something out of this trip to the East Midlands on Saturday, I genuinely think this could be the end of David Moyes. And I I'm not I'm not sad about that. No, I agree with you, Adam. For the past year, for the past year and a half, season and a half, we've been talking about how West Ham is such a Jekyll and Hyde team, but it shouldn't be given the resources that the team has currently like, like yeah. I, I feel, I feel as a outsider, not a, a member of the hammers faithful like yourself, that West Ham has been handicapped to your detriment and to, uh, to my benefit sometimes. Uh, Cause I believe there was a, <laughs> I think a four nil win uh, by Newcastle at the London stadium with a, a couple goals by Isak that I yeah, thoroughly don't, enjoyed, don't, but don't, um, recall. don't recall that. But I mean, with with adding Muhammad Muhammad Kudus uh, in the summer, with adding uh, Edson Alvarez, with adding James Ward-Prowse, um, your West Ham is a better possession team. Yeah, and I feel like playing the low block, giving teams. Time on the ball, I mean, you saw at the weekend, Arsenal literally just picked you apart. And it's to West Ham's detriment. Yeah. So, uh, whatever happens to David Moyes, it's of his own fault. Well, so, a lot of people, this is going to require more of an explanation than a supposed-to-be-half-hour show can, can allow. But let me just try and put it this way that there's two things that are kind of well there's more than two things going on here but two main things that are going on number one there's a certain style that west ham are expected to play this goes back decades 
um, you know, fans want to see exciting football. They want to see entertaining football. They want to have. They want to see a team that really goes for it. And even if they fall short, well, okay, but at least we put up a really good effort. That's the West Ham way, right? That's that's how you know, you're supposed to play a certain style. I think this kind of really started, um, you know, under Ron Greenwood and continued under John Lyle. Just this, this sort of idea that you know we go for it, we try and win, we give it our best. I know modern, I... Fo- modern football has changed to an extent, and 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 that's that's fine. I know that different tactics exist. So, but that's one thing that's working against Moyes. But here's the thing: if you set up the low defensive block and you try and defend and and go on the counter and win that way and score that way, sometimes you're not going to score, and that's okay. And sometimes you're going to concede the odd goal or two, and that's also okay. Take into account the Manchester United game. Um, you know, they went into that. They, they played the same way. Lost 3-0. I thought 3-0 kind of flattered Man United a little bit. I did, based on that performance. And, and I came away, and I think several fans came away and say, well, look, you know, that was that, obviously that was unfortunate, but it's Manchester United. And it was a good performance that, you know, we were getting forward. There were fluid attacking movements. It was at least looking like there was something in that, you know, there was a, 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 a sense of respect about their play. None of that happened on Sunday. None of it. It was just the abs- that one of the worst performances I've seen by a football team, bar none. They just gave up, and it was ridiculous. And if you're going to defend deep like that, you probably should defend. You probably shouldn't concede that many goals if your plan is to defend for the match, right? If you if you go out and you say we're going to defend for the match and it ends nil nil, okay, well at least you can accomplish your goal. If you go out and you defend and you say we're going to have this tactic, we're going to defend, and you concede six goals, you probably need to change your tactic, and you probably need to ask whether or not this is a good idea. I don't think that David Moyes is a terrible, you know, awful doesn't belong at this level manager. But there are things I think he is terrible at. Number one, his in-game management is appalling. He never makes subs. He doesn't know how to to make subs that change a game. He doesn't understand, you know, and for a manager who's been here for several years, you would hope that 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 would be something that he would realize. Oh, I can bring this player in and change the game. He doesn't have that, number one. Number two, he's a terrible man manager. How on earth does Ben Johnson start... On the left wing. He's a right back. He's a right back first. He's a left back second. How are you going to play him as a left attacking midfielder when Maxwell Cornet is sitting right on the bench? And you don't even bring Maxwell Cornet into the game. How in the hell does that happen? I mean, it's it's these these little things. They're just piling up. And it's ridiculous. It's it, a lot of people are like, well, you should, you should be grateful. He got you your first trophy, and you, you, know, you could be in relegation trouble without David Moyes. Maybe so. But times have changed. We've got players now that can play a certain way, as you pointed out. And if David Moyes is going to play those players a certain way, we need a manager who will. So I think it's time. I, I, I kind of think it's been time. But if he doesn't get a result from this game against Forrest... I think that's it. I think he's done. 
And I uh-huh. think we'll talk a little bit about this later, but I think what happened at Palace this week is going to push that along. And I, I know, I know it's a long shot. I really do. Uh, but you're going into the summer where with, you know, with Klopp leaving Liverpool, the managerial pull for a potential new West Ham manager uh, has has kind of shrunk because there's going to be, you know, there's going to be coaches that, you know, are looking at the Liverpool job that would honestly have a real thought about taking West Ham given the talent they have in place and, you know, given uh, the the willing the willingness by ownership to spend money. So it would be better if that's the case that you're going to go into a different direction to go ahead and get rid of Moyes now. That way you could start that candidate search as early as possible. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are looking at Jabby Alonso and being like, well, you know, Mark Steiden worked with him at Bayern Munich. Maybe he would come to West Ham. And I do think that because of the Klopp situation, I think, I think it would be obvious that Jabby Alonso would go, would go to Liverpool. Um, and and he's not going to leave Leverkusen in the middle of a season. Like he'll he's he's going to see out this title challenge, especially after what happened uh, on Saturday of last week. And so, but yeah, no, it, you're right. It's it's just it's going to cause a big kind of kind of vacuum, uh, power vacuum, if you will. Um, and and it's it's just sort of going to attract a lot of attention. Um, I assume Liverpool will want to have a successor lined up before then. But if they want Xabi Alonso, they may have to wait till the end of the season. So. Yeah, um, but this one important to watch because I, I do think West Ham are going to have a lot to fight for a la Moise's job. So, yeah, Forest versus West Ham, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time. That's going to be on Peacock, uh, and I will be watching through um, the, the, the gaps in my fingers preparing for the worst. Right. Uh, second up on your top four for the Premier League, Manchester City versus Chelsea. Second place, Man City, um, with uh, uh, in the title fight with a game in hand, where we read this script before, against Chelsea, who were sitting down in 10th. Uh, this is at 12.30 p.m. Eastern time on NBC and Peacock. Now, back in the day, this would have been possibly a, a, a title fight sort of game. This is, you know, Chelsea... Uh, would have been right up there with with everybody else and 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 fighting for it and you know uh, sort of in the mix if you will. <clears throat> but times have changed. Uh, Todd Bowley's in charge and Chelsea are sitting in firmly in mid table. Um, uh, that draw against Crystal Palace not actually did I, well they came back and won that one didn't they? Still though, uh, it, it's it's not looking perhaps as good as Chelsea fans would want it to look at this point. However, Jordan, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I just get the sense that this one could be perhaps a little closer than people might people might think. Because I think Chelsea, I, I I think Chelsea have a chance here. I think City have got to watch out. I I can I, I, I if we remember correctly, didn't Chelsea already take a scout from Manchester City earlier this season? Uh, I believe Cole Palmer had a uh, penalty to uh, level it up. Yep, 4-4 four, four is the way this yeah, ended four, back four. in November. Thank you for reminding me of that. It feels like forever ago, 
but it wasn't. Yeah. So we've already seen these two teams go at it before, and I don't think this is going to be any different. Uh, no. Uh, strange, strangely, now, I will say that Manchester City does have their X Factor back. Uh, long, long, longer haired Kevin De Bruyne. Um, <laughs> I, I, I dig surfer, the look. surfer boy Kevin De Bruyne. Can we call I, I him that? Lo- uh, I dig the look. Um, but okay, have you seen that stat where I think he has contributed in the game since he's returned like 14 combined goals and assists? Oh my god, he's um, just he's automatic, Mr. Automatic. Yeah, uh. Clearly, clearly a candidate for best creative midfielder of all time in the Premier League. Um, he he's that guy that's gonna if if Manchester City is going to you know put the foot on the gas and uh, you know really start to you know challenge for the title, he's gonna be the uh, he's gonna be the reason why. Um. Now, you may be interested to know, Jordan, that uh, the, well, okay, so other than the Champions League final in 2021, uh, the last time that Chelsea beat City in the Premier League was in May of 2021. So this is this is their, their meeting before the big meeting uh, in the Champions League final. Uh, this is, of course, coming toward the end of the pandemic. And I want to emphasize that 2021 was not that long ago, okay? Not really. It, no, I know it seems like it but it really wasn't that long ago. So this is the last time that Chelsea beat City in the Premier League. Uh, would you just keep in mind, this is 2021. The City goal was scored by Raheem Sterling, who is now at Chelsea. The equalizer was scored by Hakim Ziyech, who has disappeared into football obscurity. And the winner was scored by Marcus Alonso for Chelsea, assisted by Timo Werner. That's how much this <laughs> that's how wow. much has changed in very little time. So between these two teams. I don't think Raheem Sterling is probably the only player in that conversation that's going to still be turning out for Sid, or in this game and it's not going to be for City, it's going to be for Chelsea. What a which weird I, world. I, if if I remember correctly, was it Hakim Ziyech in Turkey? Uh, the last time, I, I believe it Galatasaray, maybe. Yeah, he might be now. Um, <clears throat> I can't remember. But it, it it's funny that uh, the winning goal, uh, you know, was scored by a a player who is no longer in the league, but to, uh, played uh, scored and assisted by two players who are no longer in the league. Uh, one having a resurgence at RB Leipzig? Well, his resurgence is no longer at RB Leipzig. I know that we had a long winter, Jordan, but don't you remember? He's at Spurs now. Oh, you're, oh my God, you're right. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so he is back. <laughs> He's just at a different location in London. What a, this is just so weird. Like, you were, we were talking a little bit about sort of the older times in football. I, I, it wasn't like that. Like, players used to stay at clubs for a lot longer. And stuff didn't used to change this much. And I'm not sure if I like it. 
Uh, but I think we agree that this is a, I mean, yeah, Chelsea can come out and, and they can really put, they can really drop some stinkers um, against some of these teams, but they're They show up for the big teams and I think they're going to show up this time. And I think they're going to give city a good game. Um, it's going to be a tough one for, for, for man city who they've got Holland back. I still think though, they're, they're sort of, they're missing that edge the kind that you have when you win trebles. It's not a, a knock on that. I just think sometimes it goes, it, it's going to go missing, right? Like, so, but we're getting to that point now where the pressure is is starting to get to these teams. And Pep Guardiola teams under pressure, at least this Pep Guardiola team under pressure, they tend to use that to become better and become, and, and become a better version of themselves and to succeed, and and I, this is sort of the time, and this is the game when I think we're going to see if that's what City does. So, Man City versus Chelsea. Uh, this is at twelve thirty p.m. Eastern Time on NBC and uh, and on Peacock for those of you who want to stream it. <clears throat> um, that's the late game on Saturday. You definitely do not want to miss that one. Uh, next up, Luton versus Manchester United. Uh, this one's eleven thirty a.m. Eastern Time on Sunday. Uh, this is going to be on USA Network. On paper, this should definitely be a Man United win. But as we have all experienced with Luton, they do not pay attention to what's on paper. Uh, this is the one team that literally everybody thought was going to be relegated at the beginning of the season. They are currently 17th. They are a point away from the relegation zone uh, with a game in hand. Um, of course, Everton have those 10 points in hand that they could get back at some point. But unless that happens... Uh, uh, Luton are, are, are looking, I think, a lot better than people expected. And, God, they're just fun to watch. I mean, not when your team's playing them, but they're just fun to watch. And and yeah, um, this is this one's going to be uh, interesting. Just I, I'm interested to see how, how deep Luton take this. I think Man United will win. I think that win last weekend against Aston Villa could be a turning point for Man United. That was a really hard-fought, a good victory. The tactics worked. They 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 finally look like they're doing something for Eric Ten Hag instead of in spite of him, and so I do think this is a Man United that's on the up. However, Luton are are, are a it's just uh, it's just tricky, man. Especially if you, if you have to go to Kenilworth Road. Yeah, um, I, I I think Luton Town's motto for the second the second half of the season because this started uh, <laughs> around uh, around Christmas time uh, was. Uh, Luton, Luton Town gives no fucks. Uh, yeah, fuck because, it, let's go. <laughs> yeah, that yes, that, <laughs> that's literally their ethos. Uh, since since the the uh, the the the, uh, the Christmas season, because man, have they been impressive for uh, the uh, amount of money spent on that squad? Um, watching that four four draw with Newcastle uh, was absolutely terrifying from my perspective. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, here they go. Yeah. Just carving Dan Burn up on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, the right wing. Um, they just, they know who they are. And yeah. that's hard to beat when a team knows who they are and when they, you know, when they, when they have a, a plan and they execute it well, which Luton have been doing now, they did have a pretty. I would say it's a pretty big slip up against Sheffield United. Which, by the way, well done to the Blades for going into Kenilworth Road 
<clears throat> and succeeding the way that they did. That could be a very, very important win <clears throat> if this relegation, uh, excuse me, if that re- if this relegation fight starts to uh, to intensify and 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 get a little bit closer. But you know, like I said, the, the, the Hatters they just they know who they are. They have a plan. They go out. They execute it. They're having uh, some players like uh, uh, Ross Barkley, Tahith Chong, just kind of have some some resurgent moments, and uh, and yeah, it's 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 fun to watch. And if they end up getting relegated, at least we had fun watching it. And I think that's 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 what they that's their motto. That's what they've gone for. That's that's the clean version of their motto. <laughs> um, I honestly think they're not going to get relegated. I, it's um, it's very possible, very possible. I. I actually hope they do. They stay up Me because too. it's just it's a great story. Yeah, honestly, with with just the the how much ha, of the top end of the table has become a money grab, it is very warming to the 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 the, the cold heart <laughs> that you know Premier League fans have uh, to see a team rise up through the ranks from you know non league football to make it to the top top echelon of the game. And it, it's, 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 it's fun. It's fun. So that's going to be, uh, 1130 AM Eastern time on USA network, Luton town versus Manchester United, uh, from Kenilworth road. Uh, that's on Sunday. And finally, uh, we're going to feature a Monday night game this week in our top four Everton at Goodison park against crystal palace. This one's a bit of a relegation six pointer palace trying to stay away from that terrible, dreaded uh, relegation zone. And this one amid some kind of confusing news um, and also some kind of some sad news. So if you believe some reports, Palace have essentially sacked Roy Hodgson and have appointed the former Stuttgart manager as their boss. However, none of that is official um, because the news today, uh, there, there was going to be a press conference um but Roy Hodgson was, was taken ill and, and actually is in the hospital. Yes, um, very concerning news. Um, as 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 much as Crystal Palace fans may feel similarly to West Ham fans, that you know the time has come for Hodgson to to move on. Um, you don't. You never want to see him hospital. You never want to see this happen. So uh, prayers going up for, for Roy Hodgson. He is stable um, in in hospital, but. Uh, but yeah, so confusing news around Palace. Um, there have been fan uh, demonstrations, I guess, in the stands about the way that the ownership is uh, directing the club. Uh, because, of course, as we all remember, they had Patrick Vieira last year. They got into a little bit of trouble. They decided to very quickly jettison him and then reappoint Hodgson as manager after he had supposedly retired. So it's, it's all it's very confusing right now. And I, I, I do think we will see, unfortunately, a future where Roy Hodgson is no longer a manager in the Premier League. However, who knows what's going to I mean, who know who knows what's going to happen on Monday? Who's going to be manager? Uh, who's going to be on the touchline? Will it be Hodgson? Will he be back from hospital? Will he be fired? Nobody knows. It's it's really it's the kind of drama that only Everton could could drum up, and yet it's not them; it's their opponents. Well, you know, you you, you mentioned. Who's going to be the manager? Who's not going to be their manager? Well, on the other side, uh, Evertonians have to worry about: okay, will we get a, will we face another ten point deduction, or will the first ten point deduction be successfully appealed? 
Yeah. Or um, will will us and a couple other clubs launch a countersuit um, about the new financial fair play regulations uh, set forth by the Premier League? Yeah. Um, honestly, the uh, uh, the the people at 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 Everton who are getting the most work right now are uh their lawyers yeah yeah uh which is which is surprisingly which is surprising under a sean dyche team um i i could only now i'm imagining uh a bunch of slightly uh, uh slightly balding men aged 28 to probably 45 wearing three piece uh, uh three piece three piece suits of various colors of gray uh, out there with uh, with Daesh and the boys doing cone drills. <laughs> yeah, I I mean here's here's the thing about Everett. This is this is a whole bigger discussion that we do not have time for. But I will say this: I think the main complaint for Everton is that. The rules as they are applied are not applied evenly. Therefore, they are unfair. However, their ownership, which has not done a very good job, still did break the rules as they are. And that is still an issue, right? Everton are not operating within their financial means. They're not alone, but they are not operating within their financial means. And a lot of that has to do with some bad decisions in the transfer market made in the past when they thought that they could just sort of spend, 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 and suddenly yeah, that's not working. So um, uh, so it's it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I, I, I agree that there's something's got to change in the Premier League. But let's not let that overshadow the fact that based on the rules now that Everton knew when they were in that situation, they did break them, and they knew they were breaking them. And they're in this situation largely because they did this to themselves. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. yeah. You're right. I mean, it's just... It, it, it. The system needs a revamp. Like the, the, oh, but, oh, but, no, But again, sure. as I said, we, we don't have time to talk about that now because that's just a whole other discussion which maybe we should have at the end of the season um, because it is going to have to, something's going to have to change in the Premier League. They're going to have to do something to make this A, more fair, and B, more so that clubs don't abuse the rules that are in place. But, and, and everything remains fair and we're not completely ruining clubs in the process. But that's a, that's a whole other discussion. But what I'm interested in, it really is, in terms of the game, is, you know, which set of players do you think are going to have more fight? I guess would 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 be, you know, the way that I would say this because I, I do think these are these are two clubs that right now are are in they're they're in a fight and they've got to come out swinging and I just wonder who's going to come out swinging the hardest on Monday. Um. That you know, that's a good question, Adam. Honestly, if I, I, I could say it's a coin flip, 
because Everton have looked pretty apathetic, but so have Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, though, it hurts to watch Crystal Palace more just because I, I think they're wasting the the youth of a couple players. And I think you agree with me. Yeah. Like uh, Olise. Yep. And then Eze, to a sense, Edson Edward. I, I kind of feel like there are a couple players who, a year ago, we were like, man, you know, Crystal Palace makes, you know, uh, you know, a couple, sh- you know, maybe one or two signings, you know, uh, maybe they look very stout. And, you know, now we're just like, uh, what happened? By the way, though, if you do want to see one of the uh, I don't know, goal, possible goal of the season candidate, but certainly a goal of the month um, winner, I would say, Jefferson Lehrman's strike against Chelsea from last weekend was oh, just beautiful, just wonderful. Um, so go back and, and have a look at that. Um, so yeah, Everton versus Crystal Palace, it's, 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 it's drama central. Uh, Everton in 18th, Palace in 15th, relegation drama, off-field drama, managerial drama, league drama. It's at 3 p.m. Eastern time on USA Network uh, on Monday. Very quickly, the rest of the games this weekend that uh, you might want to check out, but we didn't have time to go into them today. Your Saturday starts out with uh, uh, Brentford versus Liverpool. That's at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. That's going to be on USA Network from the Brentford Community Stadium. 10 a.m. kickoffs on your Saturday. Burnley versus Arsenal on USA Network, live from Turf Moor. Fulham versus Aston Villa. That one could be a tricky one for uh, for Villa. Um, that's uh, that's on Peacock at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Newcastle take on Bournemouth at St. James's Park. That's also on Peacock at 10 a.m. Eastern. And Tottenham against Wolves. Peacock, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, we mentioned City versus Chelsea. On Sunday, 9 a.m., uh, Sheffield United host Brighton. Uh, Sheffield United trying to build on that win from last weekend. Uh, and then that's it. Uh, we mentioned the Monday game <clears throat> as well. A couple of midweek games coming up next week. Man City versus Brentford and Liverpool versus Luton. Um, and then we'll uh, save the League Cup final preview for next week, Jordan, because that's Chelsea versus Liverpool. Yes, Chelsea yep, Liverpool. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Chelsea, it's Chelsea Liverpool domestic cup part three. Uh, this time with less Germans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Germans, uh, let's do some continental breakfast real quick. Uh, now that's going to be a terrible segue because the first continental breakfast that i'm going to talk in is actually in belgium so um but uh there will, will there's a bundesliga game in here which is why i mentioned that but um yeah a bit of a curveball for you this weekend jordan on espn plus uh belgium pro league sides Cercle bruges i hope i pronounced that correctly versus club bruges it's a bruges derby um everybody go watch your uh oh who's that actor that's in that movie Colin Farrell. Call, yes, everybody go watch your Colin Farrell movie on Friday night for uh, for some some getting getting um, getting get in the mood for some Bruges. Uh, no, no, Cercle Bruges <laughs> are in fifth. Club Bruges are in third. This is at seven thirty a.m. Eastern time 
on ESPN Plus. Yes, the Belgian Pro League is on ESPN Plus, if you didn't know. Uh, Circular Bruges trying to keep up with the fight for European spots. Club Bruges are interested in maintaining their superiority. Uh, Circular Bruges have only won this contest twice in the last 10 years or so. Once was in 2021. The only other time Jordan was in 2020 or 2013. So hasn't been great for uh, the non-Club Bruges fans of the great city of Bruges. But yeah, so it's the in Bruges derby. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, uh, <laughs> you're right. And then I'll, uh, it featured Colin Farrell and then um, the uh, other Irish actor, Brendan Gleeson. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a, that's a good little film. I've, I, uh, it's, it's miserable. You don't don't expect to have it's 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 the dark it's definitely the dark of dark comedies but uh, but it is good it's it's a good little movie so um for the uh, for the Harry Potter fans out there uh, <laughs> Bad Eye Moody uh, walking around Bruges with uh, Colin Farrell <laughs> yeah it's that one's over my head um <clears throat> uh, but I'm I'm sure you all appreciated that uh, also on Sunday. Uh, this is the only other one. This is the German game I was talking about. Uh, VFL Bochum versus Bayern Munich. This is 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, also on ESPN+. Plus. This one on paper, normally you're like, why would you bring this up? Well, you've got Bochum, who are fighting to save off relegation, and they're up against the Bayern Munich side that, needless to say, are kind of angry because they got their asses handed to them against Leverkusen last weekend, which made them mad. And then it happened again... In frustrating fashion in Rome this week when they lost 1-0 to Lazio uh, in the Champions League, their first the first leg of their round of 16 games. So, not looking great for old Thomas Tuchel in, uh, in the Bayern dugout. We know how much they like to pull that trigger, Jordan. And it, it's increasingly looking like that might happen uh, if things don't turn around. Yeah, we mentioned, uh, mentioned before how I, I thought this might be Moise's last game if if uh, if West Ham don't get something out of the Forest game. This would definitely be Torch's last game if they lose to Bochum. So um, a bit more I on the line say, than normal, I would I would say. I, I was going to say, um, I, I wonder if this will be the match where Thomas Torchell finally um, disappears into his cavernous overcoat. Uh, <laughs> Boy, he and, was trying so hard on Tuesday against Lazio. And and, uh, and and finally discovers the quantum realm, because I think that's where he's trying to shrink to. Um, yeah, so this, yeah, I mean, it could, it, look, I suspect that Byron will win this game, and I suspect they'll win, win it handily. Um, it's just interesting to me. Like everything seemed to be going so well. Everybody's talking about Harry Kane. He's doing well. Oh, yeah, he's doing fantastic for Bayern. He's having a wonderful season. And like within the span of a week, it's like, oh, everything's going to shit. It's like, whoa, that's that's a sudden turn of events. But uh, well, you yeah. know, you the, know what happened, Adam? You, uh, they brought an Eric, they brought an Eric Dyer. Uh, oh, that's right. He's got his English. Every, oh well, he's put his feet up now. Yeah, everything turns to shit when you bring in Eric Dyer. I mean, that's can't have two. You can't have two Spurs players on the same. Like, come on. Like, one one is fine. You put two Spurs it, players. It, you know what it is? They got two Spursy. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. That's what the that's the that's the Byron going two Spursy. That's the that's what's that's what's happening here. Uh, VFL Bochum versus Bayern Munich again. Eleven thirty a.m. Eastern time on ESPN Plus. And that was your trip to the continent. I'm sure there there are other 
fascinating games, but those are the ones that kind of stuck out to me. And it was a chance to mention the Belgian Pro League. I mean, come on. Gotta gotta take that. Uh, so yeah, that's our show. I mean, I, I gotta be honest with you. When was when was the, the first and last time you thought of the Belgian Pro League? <laughs> um, I tell you what, so, they, so that's the cool thing about Belgium. We'll, we'll end on this. Um, they start a little earlier than everybody else. And so as we're coming out of the summer desert and wondering where on earth am I going to get my football fix, uh, Belgium was there to say, here you go, Adam. Here's a little bit of something to keep you going until the Premier League starts. I think they start in late July or like the very first week of August. Wow. Yeah, so it's great. But the t- the, the, the clock is ticking on that, Adam, because once uh, there is the uh, dissolution of Belgium into Flanders and Wallonia, it's all going to be over. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something that belonged the lines of the 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 tide coming up and swallowing them and the rest of the Low Countries. Well, I I mean, well, if the t- it, it, with rising global sea levels, Adam, we're not going to get into the uh, a climate <laughs> science podcast. Like the the entirety of Europe would be underwater, like literally. So what you're uh, saying is the future of football in Europe is in the Swiss Pro League. Uh, uh, Swiss, Northern Italy, okay. uh, Southern, uh, Northern, uh, you know, Austria and Southern Germany. <laughs> uh, def- definitely not any part of the uh, Central European plains like Poland, Belarus, Ukraine, the Baltic countries. Those are all going to be gone. This is Torino. Uh, this is Torino's time to shine. It's going to yes, be them and Juve yes. for the Serie A every single year. Exactly. Oh, what, a bleak, what a bleak future. Oof. Let's let's stop talking about this. Hey, thanks everybody for um, for the, listening to the Big Soccer Preview Show this week. Sorry it's been sporadic. It's just uh, it's stuff to deal with. But it's I do life. Enjoy, I, it's life, man. It's life. But I, I do enjoy talking about this every single week um, that we can. And uh, looking forward to some, some wonderful football. So it's, it's what keeps us all going. So... We'll keep it going into this weekend, and we will see you guys next week for some more previews and uh, looking forward to some more exciting football. So until then, have a good one.